got something really different and really exciting for you today. And we're just going to give some time to get some traction, but this is obviously recorded. It'll go up later for everybody to watch, but I invite you to ask some questions. I'm not doing any free readings in this one, but we're going to talk about solar flares. How does that affect you and, or all of us? And also we're going to talk about 5D. Um, I have been feeling very off and strange. Uh, today's actually the best so far, knock on, knock on my head wood, <laughs> that I've been feeling for a while, for about three days. And um, it was, you know, I, I was telling a friend, it was like a boil that didn't want to turn into a pimple. It was like, I wasn't really sick, but I felt like I was about to be sick. And then, but nothing really happened. You know, had all those underlying stuff. So I was talking to a another friend of mine who I've known for about 10 years, but we haven't actually met in real life, but we've known each other for 10 years. We were colleagues quite a while ago. And he started talking to me about the solar flares, which I'm really starting to get quite fascinated in. And I mean, he's not the, this has been studied for quite some time. Solar flares are a real thing. It's not woo woo. Uh, but they do have an effect on our energy and possibly the magnetic energy around the earth. So we're going to get on that chat right away. Anybody have any questions, even if it has nothing to do with solar flares or 5D, um, I'm going to sort of give my take on what I've been told by source that 5D is. And it's actually in my book, 101 Answers from the Universe. But just hang in there because we're going to get some really juicy, exciting stuff going on here. And I think it's going to help all of you understand this energy. One of the things that I warn all of my clients, I'm going to warn you guys, is that when you're feeling this energy, try really hard not to place hold it. That means try not to label it. Often we'll say, well, it's my boss, it's my work, it's my husband, it's my children, it's everything that's going on in the world right now. And we try to blame that. That's why I'm anxious. That's why I'm upset. That's why I feel mad. That's why I feel um, sadness, etc. And just sort of look internally and say, well, what is it going on? What's going on with me? What is this triggering within, within me? Because I find right now there's a huge blame game going on in this world. We're pointing fingers at each other and it's getting us nowhere, absolutely nowhere. It's smoke and mirrors, people. So I'm going to introduce to you my very good friend, Jay. And Jay, the first thing I want to ask you about, like when you said solar flares, and you've said this to me a few times before, first of all, if you can explain what a solar flare is technically and how often these affect us and what does it do like how does it affect us or how does it affect you sure yeah um and and believe it or not holly we've known each other since 2007 i was just thinking about that so a little oh more than <laughs> that is a long time that's even longer than i thought um so solar flares are basically it's part of the natural sun cycle. So every like 12 to 13 years, the sun goes through a natural cycle where it has maximums and minimums. And right now we're moving through what they believe to be the start of the next solar maximum. 
So when this happens, the sun starts getting what's called sunspots, which are dark spots on the surface of the sun. And now they actually have, you know, orbiting satellites that are constantly observing the sun. You can go to websites like uh, solar or spaceweather.com um, and you can view the images of the actual sun. They, you know, they're taking pictures of it every day. So these sunspots are basically like storms. If you think of it like a, a hurricane on the earth, um, except some of these storms are obviously even bigger than the earth. Um, and so it's basically just a disturbance in the energy of the sun. And if it, if it makes a big enough disturbance, it cooks up a vortex of energy. Uh, kind of like a tornado on the earth, but in the sun's case, since it's all liquid plasma, it explodes out. And then that's what's called a flare, but it's also called a CME, which is a Corona mass ejection because the flare is actually the energy itself coming out of the sun. And then the CME is the plasma that comes along with it. So mm -hmm. sometimes we just get hit with the energy, which is the flaring. And then sometimes we actually get hit with the actual plasma. So when the plasma actually hits the the shield of the earth, we have a magnetic shield around the earth that protects us from most of the radiation from outer space and the sun and things like that. But that's what creates um, the aurora, the aurora borealis is, is usually energy coming from the sun and interacting oh. with our magnetic shield. Uh -huh. So when this happens, it causes, you know, effects upon the earth and ourselves. Um, it can alter the uh, weather on the earth. Um, there's a lot of evidence now that shows that it also increases earthquake activity. Um, and as far as we're concerned, it can cause all kinds of things. Um, it's, you know, cause it affects our electromagnetic energy within our body and it can cause heart palpitations, dizziness. Um, and you know, and in some cases they, it's believed to even possibly have caused some people that go into cardiac arrest. Um, especially it affects a lot of people that travel, uh, in airplanes a lot because the higher up you are, the more of it you're going to get because you're not as protected from the atmosphere. Wow. So, it's something that I started tracking probably around 2012 um, when I started mm -hmm. becoming more and more aware of it. And, you know, we like in 2017, we had a really massive uh, flare that happened. Not it was it was close to when the solar eclipse happened, believe it or not. But um, it was, you know, because they have different classifications of these flares. So most of the time we're getting them and they're, they're not anything. They just kind of reflect off of the magnetic shield. We might get an electromagnetic storm. It could cause some temporary radio outages and things like that. But there are some times when, you know, they're very powerful. Um, there was an event that happened in the 1800s, not long after, um, we first started using telegraph and it burned out a whole lot of, you know, the telegraph wires and things like that at the time. Well, the danger of that is if we ever get another one that's that big or bigger, um, you know, it could very easily knock out all of our technology really quickly. 
Um, mm -hmm. So that's, you know, a primary concern right now is that most of our power grid isn't shielded for this kind of thing. And, you know, it would knock out satellites and things like that first, but, you know, it could, it could theoretically wipe out the entire, uh, uh, you know, technological age. So it's a pretty big concern, but it also affects, you know, humans a lot. And mm -hmm. I think it's, um, it, there is some evidence that the sun cycles are connected to different, uh, evolutionary patterns within humanity. Like if you really track it over centuries and you can see these patterns of where cultures emerge, they reach their pinnacle and then they subside or disappear and things like that. And it seems to be somewhat connected to the sun cycles. Um, wow. so yeah, I mean, there's, um, there is a, uh, a YouTube channel that I watch frequently. He's been doing mm -hmm. this for a very long time called suspicious observers. Mm -hmm. Um, if anybody's interested, but he, he's all about the sun stuff. Um, and he really goes into it now. He's unfortunately predicting that there could be a really catastrophic event within our lifetime. So he's been urging people to actually prep and, you know, prepare for the possibility because, you know, you're going to possibly want a vehicle that's older that wouldn't be wiped out with a solar flare and things like that. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, and there's also evidence that the magnetic poles of the earth are starting to wobble. Yeah. Um, and, and our magnetic shield is a lot weaker right now than it's ever been. Yep. So, when we get hit with these solar flares, it's affecting us a lot more than it ever has because the magnetic shield of the earth continues to weaken. So well, I just but, want to remind everybody yeah, that the magnetic field that we have around our earth is a very real thing. I've talked about this quite a, a, a lot. They, they do have, um, I, I never can find out exactly what the terminology is, but they do have machinery on the planet that can calculate uh, the magnetic field all the time. And they tested it uh, while well, it's always being documented and tested. So they looked at it about during when 9-11 was evident to the world to see yeah. if it shifted because everybody in the world might have shifted their energy and they had real they had seen that it actually shifted four hours before 9 11 so right. that the event so that people already knew or the people that had been planning it already knew and it was already creating this global magnetic shift and people forget that you know we have it's a magnetic is sort of well i guess it's like an electricity elect, uh, energy and we have that around our heart we have that around our brain we have that around our body I mean, some right. scientists may not agree about the body part, but they're not going to deny the brain and the heart part. That's why we can oh. use electric shock to to shock shock our brain or shock our heart to absolutely. Um, yeah, and these fields are basically like a torus shape, like a donut shape, like they're projecting energy that kind of goes out and comes back in, um, and that's what it looks like on the Earth too. You know. Um, if you if you look at the magnetic field of the earth it looks like kind of two bubbles going out on either side of it and mm. um it, the the crazy part about it is a lot of the ancient egyptian imagery of the the beetles the scarab beetles with their wings out looks mm. almost exactly like the magnetic shield of the earth 
So it's interesting what the ancient cultures were aware of, you know, so far back. But so what's going on now? Like, because you had said, you know, you're feeling off for a few days and I'm feeling yeah. off for a few days. So what kind of solar energy is happening well, right now and how long is it around? In the for? last week or so, we've had a few hits. Uh, and about, I think it was Tuesday, we actually got hit with a, a CME, which was the actual plasma. Um, wow. So that caused a pretty big geomagnetic storm and there were pretty big auroras uh, up north which I'm, I'm assuming you've seen the aurora since you live pretty far up north <laughs> <laughs> well as when you're in the city you don't see them as much right because of the light reflection of the city but i have um however i'm really excited we're going to go very far north um sometime in the summer and that's when you see all the colors i've seen yeah. it i've seen it sort of whitish kind of whitish and a little bit bluish and you could see it moving in the sky like it's undeniable but i haven't seen the brilliant colored ones which if we go to the northern territories we're going to see it there right i've never seen it i've always wanted to see it but i'm sure it's, it's amazing cool. yeah it's um pretty cool. so yeah so it we're kind of in an uptick cycle right now um the sun is definitely picking up and we're but I, I think the reason we're feeling it even more is because like i said the magnetic shield of the earth is is weakening and it's at its weakest point since they've started measuring it mm -hmm. um you know and all of this is verifiable i mean you can look it up on the NASA yeah. websites or the scientific websites, you know, it's, it's spaceweather.com is a great resource to, to view a lot of the stuff. Um, but it's connected to the magnetic uh, pole reversal of the earth. So right now magnetic North has been steadily moving South. And mm -hmm. right now it's somewhere in Siberia. Um, magnetic and magnetic south is moving in the opposite direction. So, what that tells us is that you know, and this is something that has happened repeatedly throughout the history and yeah. the cycles of the earth. Um, you know, they have a lot of evidence to back it up that the magnetic poles of the earth have flipped on you know several occasions. It's, it's pretty much within a cycle of so many thousand years, mm -hmm. and right now we're overdue. Um, we're actually a few thousand years overdue for a magnetic pole flip. So if that happens, um, it will temporarily possibly reduce our magnetic shield to zero until the, the poles totally flip and then the magnetic shield reactivates. So in that interim, we are really exposed to, you know, solar energy and other types of uh, radiation coming from outer space. Uh, mm. So that that would make, you know, not only us vulnerable, but our technology vulnerable. Um, well, yeah. And from what I <laughs> what, what I understand, it's quite a it's quite chaotic. It's not really that predictable. Magnetic right. field changes. What they do know is that there is a, a tipping point. So you know, they're predicting that it's going to be a slow migration up until a certain point, And then it mm -hmm. will just happen like a switch. Just mm -hmm. like when you put two magnet, like actual physical magnets together, you can push it closer and closer until a certain point, And then it's going to flip and they'll jump right next to each other, attach each other. So that's kind of the same thing is it will eventually reach a tipping point. Um, 
we don't really know exactly when that happens. Most of today's scientists are saying it's still, you know, several hundred years away, yeah. which is possible. Uh, yeah. But, you know, we don't know. So does, does how we treat our earth um, and our atmosphere affect the strength of the magnetic field? I don't know. Um, I don't know that there's any evidence to support that. I don't think that there's really been any studies to support that. But I am not a person that looks at the earth and the sun as just being. Uh, Planets or, yeah. Yeah, well, I don't see them as simply being. I don't see them as being inanimate objects. Right. To me, if a if, if something is that big and that massive and that much energy, it has to be a conscious being. Right. That's, that's my perspective. Yeah. So it breathes. Yeah. Exactly. So I believe both the stars and the planets are probably conscious entities that you know we just don't know, you know how to communicate with. Yeah, I love that. Well, I, as a, as an astrologer. I communicate with them. That's how I see it. Um, however, if we think about it, how can the sun, the sun literally breathes or shines consciousness on us. It, right. We can't live without it. Nothing on the planet can live without it. Uh, photosynthesis, oxygen. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. It cannot be without the sun. If the sun disappeared tomorrow, we would all die and so with right. the planet so that's a consciousness like how can you deny that that is not a consciousness exactly so saying that if the earth is a conscious being i'm sure she can decide what she's going to do if we are being too annoying if we're polluting her if we're yeah making her unpleased with our presence <laughs> yeah so you know, I don't know that there's any studies to back it up, but my gut tells me, yeah, I think it probably plays a big role in it. So, so everybody's going to feel this dizziness, uh, anxiousness, uh, emotional around the energy. Now, I also believe that whatever the constellation that the sun is going through at that time, that's what astrology is, yeah. which right mm -hmm. now um, it's it's Aquarius right? I got to double yep. check. Yeah, it's Aquarius. So the energy and, you know, also with the new moon um, in Aquarius too. So the Aquarius energy is all about humanity. So right. humanity is about the collective consciousness. And then you got to kind of look at being a humanitarian as well. So I would think that that's, I'm just kind of playing playing a game right now but thinking would that solar flare sort of bring in the element of humanity and is this why humanity is at odds with each other right now we're at a war with each other right now i mean whatever that belief system is whatever side of the track you're on whether this is political or um pharmaceutical or medical or whatever um everybody seems to be there seems to be this divide right now in humanity and yeah. i'm wondering if this solar flare can this affect that negatively or can it affect it positively or nothing at all i think it could be both um so while it is scary to think about these things because you know nobody wants to be the doomsday thinker 
but I don't necessarily think it's all doom and gloom. And I think that basically it could be a situation where it's going to bring out and amplify whatever you are. So if you're a loving, empathetic, caring person, it's going to amplify that within you. But if you're the opposite of that, it might amplify the negative. Um, because, you know, I think the sun, that's pr its primary goal is amplifier. You know, it, uh -huh. it, give, it gives us everything. It's abundance. But abundance can go either way. It can be too much of a good thing or too much of a bad thing. <laughs> okay. Well, that makes sense to me. So what's going to happen now then? Anyone who's really in fear or anger or frustration or feeling isolated or lost, you know, sort of all the negative sides of everything going on now, then it would accentuate that. And anyone who's feeling optimistic um, or feels this should be about peace and unity and love, then it's going to accentuate that. Right. Maybe that's why all of this convoy stuff is going on around the world. It's become viral. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, I've got my own personal views on what's going on with all of that. Um, you know, I kind of think, I'll, I don't know. I mean, I, I, there's just a lot of distractions. Let's, let's just say that. There's a lot of distractions lot of in the world mirrors. right now. Yeah, a lot of smoke <laughs> and mirrors. Because um, they don't want you to be aware. A lot of, you know, I say they, but it's a very small fraction of people that are that just happen to have most of the power on this planet but you yeah. know they want to keep you asleep they want to keep you unaware of what's really going on and yeah. it's because it's all about control they're afraid of losing control if if we yeah. actually all woke up to our natural abilities and our you know pardon the phrase god-given right to be yeah. who we truly are they would have no control over us um and I kind of think yeah. that the solar stuff connects back to, you know, the fifth density stuff. I think it's that's what I was be... going to ask you next. What do yeah. you mean by fifth? Because they have fifth density, fifth dimension, right. the same thing, right? Pretty much. What, yeah. what dimension are we in now, according to you? I have my own. Third, I assume. <laughs> yeah, we're third. That's right. Yeah. In my book, it goes from one to three. Uh, four, I mean, five, we're, six, third with, seven, we're, eight, we're third with a taste of the fourth because yeah. you could call time the fourth dimension, yeah. but, um, you know, but it, it kind of depends on who you're, what reference you're looking at as to whether it's called dimension or density. Um, yeah. but I, so according to one resource that I've, I've been listening to lately, they claim that everything outside of the earth is fifth density. Um, and that the earth is specifically in a 3d artificial matrix. Um, yeah. And that it is done that way because of a war that happened thousands of years ago. And it mm -hmm. was intended to be a, a, a place for traumatized souls to rebuild themselves and to reacclimate themselves back into the universe at large. But, you know, according to this source, uh, it was kind of hijacked. And so it's not going the way it should go because the matrix is basically supposed to work 
off of the law of attraction is, you know, a lot of us are aware of, um, and yeah. it's supposed to give you what you desire, but the ones that have hijacked it have figured out how to trick us into creating a world that they want instead of the world that we want. Um, Ooh, and they okay. do that. That one, that one hit me. That one hit me. I felt okay. like a huge opening in my heart chakra that, so they want us to live in a world that they created rather than in a world that we created. They so trick would, us. It, yeah. yeah. Trick us. Trick us. Yeah. Cause while they we trick have us brain, into using our creative power, our collective yeah. creative power to create what they feed us. And so they're feeding us. What are they feeding us? They're feeding us fear. They're feeding us uh, violence. They're feeding us, you know, division um, and, and all of these negative things daily through our, yeah. our news, our TV, our movies, you know. Yeah. And so they do that because the more that we think about the negative and the more we fascinate on it and focus on it, we're creating it, which mm-hmm. allows them to maintain control. Um, now, I mean, according to this, this, this one source, um, they claim that even our short lifespans were artificially uh, implanted upon us because we've basically been brainwashed to believe we're going to grow old and die. And Mm -hmm. so it happens. Well, you know I what? don't know that we can back that up. I don't, it's, it's hard to prove these things, but it's an interesting well, no. concept. I mean, there's, you know, when there, there was a, a movie that came out or a book, I guess that came out called the blue zones and the blue zones at that time was five places in the world where people, where there was the most centurions. So people lived the longest. And one of them, just an Island off of Japan. I never can mm-hmm. say that island but Akawan Akawashawa like this um you can look it up it's a small small amount of people on an island and most of them live to be 120 120 110 120 yeah. average age to live and i believe it's because they're on this island they live a very very simple life they very the japanese they very rarely leave the island they know they don't know any other way Nothing is telling them that they shouldn't live that long in right. their environment. They grew up. They grew up being very close to their great 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 grandmother, and they and their great great great. Well, uh, yeah, and the thing is, I mean, we have written documents from ancient history of people living to be a thousand or more years old. Um, you know, like mm-hmm. the Sumerian tablets have a list of kings. And some of them live 20 to 30,000 years, according to this list. Now, people want to say that's fantasy. It was a, a religion. It was just something that, well, well, yeah, but we don't, that doesn't really jive with me because it's, these were official documents. Like, it wasn't just like a storybook. These were, you know, these clay tablets were supposed to be like, you know, like something that we would keep at the White House, you know, in our day and time, like official mm-hmm. political documentation of things that actually happened. But today, you know, everybody wants to pretend like that didn't happen. There was no such era where people lived to be thousands of years old. But I'm not so sure. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think that 
I think there was, I think we're dealing with two different worlds. I think there was a world that existed before 12,000 years ago, before the so-called great flood and whatever caused that to happen. Mm -hmm. And then the world that we've been in ever since. Um, and something happened. And I think that, you know, the ancient stories each have a little piece of truth in them. And, and I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, I totally believe this one or I totally believe that one. But if you piece them all together, you start to get a bigger picture. Well, one of the things is and you can look it up in um, heritagedaily.com. Archaeologists have already proven that there's been five mass extinctions. Mm -hmm. And some say six because some want to include... Um, Samaria. Um, oh my gosh. I can't think of it right now. Atlantis. You know, what's the area that's <laughs> under this, uh, under the sea right now that they say Atlantis, Atlantis. Atlantis yeah. yeah. So one, some believe that Atlantis is a sixth one and some say it's not. And they say that we're headed towards our sixth or seventh extinction. Right. And that's it. That's archeo archeologically proven that yeah. we've, gone through extinction so yeah we've this isn't the only time that humans have been on this planet and some of them proved uh greg Braden, who's a geologist uh oh, and yeah. an archaeologist yeah they found and you can look it up everybody listening uh not only recently the last 10 years they're be, they're able to go to the abyss of the sea and dig below the sea surface it's the furthest they've ever been able to go with certain types of machinery in this in this in our existence and they found they dug up this cog that was made out of a metal that they can't even like it was it was deep buried into some stone so they had to break it up and also a computer chip and they say wow. this is like billions of years old and it's modern technology actually made with certain types of material that don't even exist on the earth but this is not what we hear in history you know we all no. know that our history books are lying and our history book our history books don't well, tell us that's just like you know, they, they won't let go of this fiction that the Great Pyramids were built as tombs for pharaohs when there's never been a body found in any of them. You know, there's never been any yeah. evidence that they were used as a burial tomb. Um, all the burial tombs were all hidden out in the desert, underground, you know. So that's obviously not what the pyramids were for. And well, I don't and really personally think that they were even built by what we know of as the ancient Egyptians. I think they predate nope. them nope. by a long shot. So no, I watched this documentary years ago and I had a just a discussion not too long ago with a friend. We're talking about the um, statues on Easter Island. And yeah. she was like, oh, yeah, you know, of course they just moved them. They, they, they used like, you know, trees and they would roll it and that's how they moved them i said first of all i watched a whole documentary on that one and the pyramids so the documentary took uh used computer animated and with science and engineers everything and they tried to replicate physically replicate how they could move these statues from one location to the other one and put them in the order that they were in and they couldn't do it and they tried like they would have 30, 40, 50 people. And they put them on these tree trunks that were 
you know, tipped over so that they could roll it. They could not move these things. The other thing was they've done with engineering and like I said, computer technology to several, several ways of how these giant bricks that literally weigh tons uh, that each that build the um, the pyramid, how they were able, and they even tried like what, if, they were, if it was filled with water, they could float it and no, they couldn't figure it out. Now, and some of the material that is that it's made out of does not exist on our planet. Right. For people yeah. don't know that. We don't learn that in history. You no. have to watch the documentary to know. <laughs> it's amazing what we've lost in history and what we used to know. Um, but so, you know, I mean, I am always a history person. I find it fascinating, especially the hidden history of everything. Yeah. But to focus more on the present and what we're currently going through, um, yeah. I think that, you know, like you and I were talking about, you know, if we are moving into fifth dimension or fifth yeah. density. What does that mean? And yeah. So based off of what i understand about it so far it's a it's a realm where everything is a lot more connected than it is here so the 3d realm we've all been isolated you know we're crammed into these bodies that are cut off we're meant to believe everything is like plasticized and physical and apart from us and separate and that's you and this is me and that's a bed and that's a chair but in fifth dimension it's a lot the, the boundaries are a lot more blurry. So as mm -hmm. I understand it, like if you were fully immersed in it, you could have a body if you chose to have one and experience that, but you can also choose to not have a body and, it, and you can go back and forth and it's like you're swimming in an ocean of consciousness. So there is a piece of it that is you, but then you can also be part of the whole totality of it. And in that realm, everything is much more, you know, uh, you feel it. You feel everything. You're connected to everything. Um, so if we're slowly transitioning into that, I would expect that we're going to have to go through these different levels of it because you can't just rip off the Band-Aid and jump into it. It's like jumping into a freezing cold pool, you know, swimming pool or something. Um, so you kind of have to tiptoe your way into it and slowly acclimate yourself to the water temperature and or you know imagine that you were a cat that had a million whiskers all over you <laughs> like you would just yeah. feel everything all the time hypersensitivity so, right and i think that's what a lot of us that are already on the the edge of that transition are going through like we're experiencing hypersensitivity anxiety exhaustion um you know, like, I, I don't know about you, but it's not just the physical stuff, but it's everything that I see in my mind. I constantly see imagery a lot. Mm -hmm. And I like I can see energy almost that I, I didn't used to see. Um, and, and, I, and I get and it kind of freaks you out when you first notice it or you first experience it. But then you slowly get adjusted to it. And then and then something new comes along and you and that freaks you out for a little while until you get adjusted to that. And I. I kind of feel like it's it's like that we're slowly being acclimated to it but the process is not pleasant from our 3d perspective <laughs> i always use the example of animals 
with this specifically, well, dogs or cats, have you ever, or even a baby, um, have you ever seen a dog or a cat all of a sudden just look up into yeah. the corner of a room and there's sure. nothing there. There's no fly. There's no nothing. And they're, and they're, and they're, te- they're intense, you know, they're just like, they're just focused on it. And you're like, what are you looking at? <laughs> you know, right. or they hear something. Babies do it all the time too. Babies do it all the time. My daughter used to do it when she was a baby. She used to point up in the corner and I'd go, what, do you, what is that? <laughs> you know, so it's there, you know, other, there's a thin, thin veil. So what do we, what do we do? So for instance, for me, I'm easily can get panic attacks very easily from an event when I was younger. And if my body gets startled uh, in a certain way, my head will go right into this panic attack. And somebody had sent me a video to watch. It was a music uh, soundtrack to a movie called Stand Up. And it's the, the, the song is just profound. And I don't even know mm-hmm. if I could watch the movie because it is about history, uh, black history. And some of that stuff is just, just breaks me up, just breaks me apart. I can't handle it emotionally. Um, and it makes me angry, but the song was so intense. I got this, you know, how you get goosebumps all over your body and you're like, Ooh, that gave me goosebumps. Except this time it was in my whole solar plexus area. And, um, I never had that before. And it was exactly right there. The more that I listened to it, the more on fire, my solar plexus was like, kind of like, yeah, kind of like the shivers, but not exactly the same. I had to turn it off. Yeah, for like, sure. What the heck is this doing to I, me? I mean, personally, I use music a lot, uh, to help me cope and to help me get through okay. things. Um, I think music and vibration is a perfect tool because I think that the higher dimensions are all about vibration. Um, and, and I honestly think that we eventually will be able to cure our bodies with sound, you know, with vibration with, because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not just so much a sound, but it's a, it's an intent. So, Mm -hmm. you know, everything gives out a vibration, like, you know, like a, a, a physical image, a word, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, an intention, but a sound bath especially can, and, and certain frequencies and vibrations like, um, you know, all over YouTube, there's all kinds of, you know, vibration videos that you can watch with certain frequencies embedded in them. Um, yep. And I use a lot of those. I, I'll put one on the background while I'm working sometimes, um, you know. Uh, so is that a one, good, so there's certain hurts um, frequency. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as like grounding ourselves, especially like going through what we're going through right now, there are some based off of, uh, what's called the Schumann resonance of the earth, um, which is supposed to be like the heartbeat of the earth that we're all attuned to. Mm -hmm. And I like listening to those when I'm feeling anxious, um, because it helps kind of reground my energy to the earth. Um, so how do you spell that? Uh, S C H U M A N N. And then resonance. What's that? Schumann's. Schumann resonance. Resonance. Res. R E S O N A N C E. I think (laughs) I'm not the best speller. Oh, I know what you're saying now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Texting. 
Okay. That's cool. I like that. Okay. So when, what I always tell people when they say, how do I know it's not me? How do I know it's something that's happening outside of me? First of all, your body knows. So you can say to your body, if this is not mine, take it away or let it go through you out into the universe, out, out of the top of your head. Um, or if you didn't feel like that five minutes ago and all of a sudden mm -hmm. for no reason, you're feeling something intense. It's not you. Right. It's coming from somewhere else and you're broadcasting it. We're all, we're all broadcasters and we broadcast frequencies and, um, yep. you know, neural pathways, you want to look at neurology, you know, it's all there. Uh, I mean, my yeah. current belief, to be honest with you, is that consciousness itself is a frequency. Um, and, and, yeah. and I think that our, our physical bodies are just receivers. Um, okay. You know, I kind of think that that's, that's how an incarnation works, is that we attune our physical bodies when they're in the womb to our specific consciousness frequency. Okay. But we're not actually, you know, in the bodies we're operating the bodies but it's more like remote control i think um mm -hmm. you, you know like the old way of looking at it that the soul is inside the body and then upon death you get released i don't necessarily think it's like that i don't know that we're ever actually trapped in the body i think we're just projecting ourselves into it and we're living an experience through it mm -hmm. but i think our consciousness is an eternal frequency that exists with or without the body um so why are we going into a fifth dimension? What's the, what's the meaning of this? Well, I think it's because the purpose of the third, the third dimensional earth is nearing its end and the original intent of it has been hijacked, like I said. So the ones that created it originally that wanted it to serve more of a positive purpose are like, well, we have to get everybody out of there because they're not being able to participate in the rest of the universe and they've been stuck there long enough and this has taken longer than we expected it to. So I think they want to help us rejoin the collective, you know, rejoin mm -hmm. our family, so to speak, and be released from, you know, you could call it a mind prison or, or whatever, you know, I mean, there's positive ways of looking at our experience here and negative ways of looking at it. Um, mm -hmm. It's definitely been a mixture of both. Um, I try not to go all the way into the full on negative views that we're here against our will and it's a prison and they, you know, they're feeding off of, I mean, some of that is true to a degree, but I also think a lot of us came here knowing what this place is of our own free will purposefully, right so that we could assist other people um, and let them know, Hey, there is a way out of here. You know, there, there is a yeah. better way of doing this. So I have a really broad stroke on, on this <laughs> um, personally, what spirit or has told me sources told me, but I look at it all, all different levels. So if you want to look at it biblically um, there's good and evil and you know good always prevails and we want to avoid evil and this is a negative and positive masculine and feminine and i'm not saying one is evil what is good this right. is a, uh, this is what is always existing it's binary all the time yeah yeah and 
we need to balance it out. It always needs to be balanced, just like hot air will move into a cool house or, you know, hot house will move out. It always wants to create a neutrality and a balance, but we have to have both. You can't have one without the other, then it wouldn't exist. So galactically, um, I think it's very egotistical of us to think that we're the only existing beings in all of the universes and all of the galaxies. And so my take or what I've been told is that galactically we are really out of balance, very much right. out of balance. The, the, the negative or the masculine has to exist or the negative, however you want to look at it. The feminine has to exist um, or the positive, however you want to look at it. And they have to exist. They have to coexist as well, but they're one is completely out of balance from the other. The way that I explain it electricity wise, it's like putting a, you know, a 240 volt plug into a, a 110 volt, you know, receptor. It's not, something's going to blow. It's not going to work. Mm, right. <laughs> right. So this is what's happening with us right now. And so we have to create this balance. So all of the negative has to come out. All of the positive has to come out and, and, and it, they have to fight this out. I don't mean like war. I don't mean anything like that, but they have to battle this out until it becomes equal on both sides. And well, once that and happens and we're in harmony. So here's the crazy thing. I know it seems like we're living through the worst times ever, but we're really not. Um, yeah. Things in yeah. history were a lot worse. Lifetimes yeah. in history were a lot worse. People had to go through much more uh, traumatic lifetimes just a hundred years ago. And the difference is the reason why it seems so much worse and, it, and it's causing us all this anxiety and, and trauma and PTSD is because we're bombarded with images of it. So like a hundred years ago, you were only aware of what happened within a five mile radius of where you lived. Right. Absolutely. I mean, most places didn't even have a newspaper. So you might've got town gossip when you went in to get supplies or if you had a restaurant or a post office or something like that, or a doctor, but mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, it was you and your family and your farm and what you were doing. Uh, and, yeah. and that was it. And right. you didn't know people were starving in Ethiopia or you had no idea there was, there was an earthquake a war going in on. Egypt or there was right. a war. You, you didn't yeah. know somebody robbed somebody else three days ago. You didn't know yeah. there was a car wreck that killed a family. You didn't know like none of that was in your, your mind. So yeah. you might've physically been going through worse because, Oh, your whole family just died of cholera. You're the only one that survived, you know? I mean, but we were better equipped to handle stuff like that back then because it was more focused on what we were going through personally. And now we're trying to like mentally connect to the entire world all the time. And so it's an you know, addiction. It's an addiction. Yeah. And, and, and we're being shown, we're not being shown the positive, the positive that's happening in this world on a daily basis far oh, outweighs the negative. I guarantee unbelievable. you that. But nobody, you know, why is it that our brains are addicted to trauma, drama, fear? Like, look at the movies out there. 
Look at the games out well, there that I, people play. I, I think you, you, you hit up. the nail on the head. It goes like I know a post that you 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 did recently on addiction. It talks about the brainstem, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, that is our fight or flight syndrome. That is that is our our reptilian brain, as they call it, from our our days of survival, which were you know kill or be killed, live or die you know, like eat or, you know, eat or die, basically like you, you, you were, everything was survival. in that survival mode. Yeah. And so our brains are still have that in us. And so the way our, our, yeah. our, our brains are currently, you know, designed, we focus more on things that are a threat. If something's Brilliant. not a threat, it's not going to kill us. So we don't focus on it. Right. And so media, unfortunately, instead of focusing on the positive, they want to make money. They want to get ratings. They want to sell things. So they know oh, yeah. how to manipulate us. And they know that a fear-based response is going to stick in your mind far longer than a positive response. Yeah. <laughs> so in case some people are thinking this is woo-woo, you can research this as well, too. And this has been around for about 30 or 30 years at least, major food chains, major food are like, like General Mills, you know, like PepsiCo, they hire psychologists to teach, to show them how to psychologically market their product with color and forms and wording so that we desire it or we want it more. And they're highly paid. And most of them do not want to lose one that's very good at what they do. Absolutely. You walk into a grocery store, it's completely designed for you to pick certain foods and buy certain foods. And that's all a grand design. And, and the crazy thing is, is even when you are like, I, I'm totally aware of it. I've researched this stuff for a long time. I've been aware of it for a long know, time. We still do it. And yet... <laughs> There are things that I grew up with as a child that I just could not let go of because they still give me those feelings. You know, yep. like I know Coca-Cola is a horrible thing to put in my body. <laughs> I know it's yep. bad for me. And yet it's my one go to for a comfort every freaking time. <laughs> yep. Oh, Coca-Cola It's just seeing the imagery of it. Well, Even though I consciously know it was purposely designed to engineer these feelings, I cannot stop it from causing the feelings. Like, so you know, this is my question then. Do we have to let go of all of these bad habits in order for us to move into 5D consciousness? I don't or know that we do yeah. have to let go of them because yeah, I don't think I don't there's know. anything judging us we we got to let go of this concept of there's somebody being at the pearly gates that's going to judge everything that you've ever done and 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 say yay or nay because mm -hmm. that person that's judging us really is ourselves um yep. you know even the concept of anubis weighing your heart in the afterlife it's yourself it's whether you think you're worthy or not and so I think there are some people that could give up every single thing and be the most pious person on the planet. But because they're still so self-judgmental, they wouldn't let themselves walk through the pearly gates. And then there's other people like, oh, I don't know. Let's just toss out a name uh, like, you know, a really recently rich. 
Oh, Donald Trump? Person that, yeah, yeah, maybe that guy. Yeah, he would probably walk right through. I didn't do anything wrong. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, he, he's got no self-judgment. No. <laughs> he never thinks he's done anything wrong. No. So Boom. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you're fired. You're fired. You're fired. He'd fire half the angels. <laughs> So I think it, it's not that there's somebody judging us and saying, oh, well, you ate you ate meat too much. You drink too much sugar. You like it's not that it's that we we need to be aware of it. OK, so being aware of it is the first step. And, and then you're making a conscious choice, because if we're being manipulated into it and we're not aware of it, that's the dangerous part, because then we're right. That's where hive mind comes in or like mob mindset well, where we can get wrapped up in something. Yeah. But if we're consciously aware, okay, I know this thing is trying to manipulate me, but I'm still going to weigh out the pros and cons. So, all right. So let's just take Coca-Cola for instance. All right. So on the one hand, I know too much sugar is bad for me. Caffeine is probably not great, but in this given moment, if I drink this, what does the do the pros outweigh the cons? Is, is it going right. to make me feel better in the given moment, allow me to calm myself down and regain my thoughts? And, yeah. you know, so you're, you're making a conscious choice, you know, yeah. um, it's not just an automatic addicted mindset. I think, and it's baby steps too. Like for right. me, I make a conscious choice. I try, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm not perfect. Um, the one that I am perfect at is dairy though. And the only yeah. reason is because dairy really affects me. If I eat dairy, I'm in pain for like five right. to six weeks. My joints hurt, my hips hurt, my hands hurt. Like people call it arthritis. I've been diagnosed with it. I had arthritis as a kid, but if I don't eat dairy, I have no symptoms. Right. So dairy, I'm very, very conscious of that. Um, However, some of it is like my, it's just like the food, I call it the food footprint. I know that uh, non-organic bananas are sprayed with a pesticide that is sprayed over the fields with a, an airplane while people are workers are farming or picking the bananas and they're being injured. They're being hurt. They're, they're, they're being sterile and there's all kinds of terrible things that happen to these men so i can't buy it i can't i cannot buy a non-organic banana because i know i'm contributing to the problem right <laughs> i know i can't change it you know by just little old me but if you were in a situation but, where you know you needed something to eat and the only oh, thing around starving. Was, yeah <laughs> and it was there what am i gonna do of course right <laughs> right but i have a choice i mean you would make the choice right uh, yeah. i'm just saying it's but yeah, I agree with you. That's the kind of things that we need to be aware of. But like, but we're not right. We don't want to go that rabbit hole. Like I have a friend that says innocence is bliss and that's where she wants to stay. <laughs> right. You know, but um, sometimes I'm not, I'm not sure. But I also was heard, I got this message from source a while ago and it even still is hard for me to conceptualize. And it said, it said it didn't really matter. It didn't really matter that all all of it is an illusion. It's like, true. All of yeah. this mass killing and design of cows and pigs and I honestly and think eggs. the only thing that truly matters is getting out of it. 
because yeah. once we get out of it, we're going to realize none of it did matter because it is a simulation. Um, so that's it, the five D. Is getting that's out the of five D. We're getting out of it. It's it's mm -hmm. you know it's you know because here's another way of looking at this this reality, and and I've I've considered this option too. Maybe this place was designed intentionally because it is the only place where we can come to experience all these atrocities in yeah, a safe in a safe place right like yeah. that's why it doesn't matter because we're just coming here to experience it so we learn what not to do so we learn how yeah. not to be um you know so if we did go out and create our own world we wouldn't want to be this way um yeah that's another potential that it's a school for gods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, well, this is a fun place to be. I mean, right. this is heaven. I mean, earth is beautiful. Earth is a beautiful, gorgeous playground. We're ruining it, but it really is designed to give us everything we need in a healthy way. You know, we're, we're destroying it by do by, by, because through gluttony, you know, um, but Great. it's actually yeah. a, a beautiful place to be. And when we raise our consciousness in a lifetime, uh, even you could do it through empathy. You can do it through observation. You, you don't have to acquire, you know, a lot to, to write, raise your vibration of consciousness. Um, when we do that, then we can come back and play with less suffering. We can come back right. and choose where we're going to play and who we're going to play with. That's my understanding of it. And when we make poor decisions out of fear, we all, everything's based out of fear. You can call it hate yeah. or anger or frustration or it's ignorance. All fear based. And it's all fear. Yeah. yeah. And we make a decision based out of that. And we all do. And the two best examples I've got, I've ever seen that's real. I know I won't, I won't, probably acquire this in this lifetime and one is a, a um a ted talk that i'd watched and i can't remember who she was but she was a woman that lived in like afghanistan or i think it was siri i'm not i'm not sure where it was but out in those third worlds and the army was of this place was going around and capturing everybody and either killing them or enslaving them, putting them behind bars. And she was hiding and her, she happened to have one of the rare homes that had two bathrooms. Most of the homes were too poor, didn't have two bathrooms. Mm -hmm. And her, her cousin or uncle or something that was in the army, put her in one of the bathrooms and took a big armoire and covered up the door. So it looked like it was just up against the wall. And she was there for three months. And the army kept coming in. They kept coming in and they kept coming in. And she talks about her whole story and how terrified she was that she all she had was the water from the sink and the toilet. That's all she had the whole three months to, to, to keep her alive. And the terror, terror that she would talk about. I can't even imagine. Like, I think I'd try to kill myself. Like, she, it, she couldn't. Hurt. And then it came to a point. She said it was about two and a, two, just over two months where something in her brain and in her spirit just realized that there was nothing to fear, nothing to fear except fear itself. She just had this awakening 
And from that, the next several weeks or next few weeks after that, she had absolutely no fear. She had nothing but pure bliss and peace because she broke through that sort of barrier. And then she was here right. to tell about, talk about it. She got rescued and she was here to talk about it. The other one are Buddhist monks. I mean, they filmed Buddhist monks sitting in six inches of snow and ice meditating and creating such heat that it, it's like three feet circumference around them melted snow and ice. They filmed Buddhist monk having brain surgery with no anesthetic because such a deep meditation that they can go into. So we are capable of this. Yeah. I think that kind of goes back to some of the mystery school traditions uh, that, you know, well, even the story of Teresa Jesus. Ballard. But, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the whole like going into the wilderness for 40 days, yeah. um, you know, there was an old, mystery school tradition where they would take their members that were trying to join and put them in a completely dark room or a cave. First they did it for three days and then they brought them out into the blindfolded, remove the blindfold, have them stare at the sun for a certain amount of minutes and then put them back in the cave. Well, yep. and then they would stay in there for the remainder of the 40 days. Um, yep. And, and the reason they did this, is because it forces you number one, it causes something to happen chemically within the brain because it, it causes mm -hmm. the pineal gland to produce something called super serotonin basically and melatonin. So the being in the darkness creates an abundance of melatonin. Then when you're blinded with the sunlight, it turns it into serotonin and then you go back into the darkness and it, it reacclimates that into more melatonin. Oh, wow. But while you're in the darkness alone for 40 days, you're going to have to deal with every single fear you've ever had. And yeah. you're going to have to integrate your shadow self completely in that amount of time. Now, not all of them made it through that process. You know, a lot of them probably only made it a few days or a week before they get, me out, of here. get, get <laughs> out of there. But yeah. the ones that made it were the masters and the ones that would become like a Jesus or a Buddha or somebody, you know, and, and probably in this lady's case, that experience to me seems like pretty much the same kind of an event, you know, yeah. to where you just get to this state of Zen because you finally realize there isn't really anything to fear. And I, I consciously try to have this conversation with myself all the time because I've had some personal experiences in my life that were, you know, out of body. Some might say near death even. Um, and because of those experiences, I can't say I'm afraid of death. So I'm always trying to rationalize where all my anxiety and fear is coming from. And it's more like, I'm not afraid of death, but I'm afraid of dying. I'm yep, afraid. I mean, that's most people. Nobody wants to suffer. Right. And I'm afraid of leaving people behind. That's really my biggest fear. Oh, okay. Is that. I don't want to, you know, um, I don't want to, like, you know, well, for in my case, like, my, you know, my dad, I would hate to leave him behind, you know, like yeah. I, it's, it's like I feel attached to the commitments I have made in life and the people that depend on me. So yep. it's hard for me to want to just leave them in like, not that I don't have faith that they could figure things out because they're very strong, but it's just like that part of me that's loving and caring doesn't want to leave them you know well um, I, I had a conversation with sourcey 
a few weeks ago and I still giggle when I hear what they said. And they said that they just, they just giggle at us at how hard we fight to stay alive. Like how, how hard we fight to avoid death. They yeah. just think it's because to them, it, they said to me, it's death is really, you just fall asleep and you wake up and it's great over here. We're having a great time. <laughs> and I've <laughs> already been over so there hard to avoid it. And, and I know it's great over there. So what am I so afraid? Of? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Cause I, I had a personal experience that you would call a, a complete ego death. And I, I became one with the universe. The only way to describe it. Um, I can't remember every meditation. Yeah. And, and you can't contain all of that knowledge when you come back, no. but you can, can, you can remember the feeling you can remember you ex the experienced it and you, and you know, it was real. And mm -hmm. all I remember is like, at one point, every question I ever had, had been answered every scenario from any time or place or reality that I ever wanted to see, I had witnessed. And I just had this complete feeling of absolute contentment and love and safety come over me. Yeah. And then it was at that moment where I just had this thought of where am I? And it was like, as soon as I separated myself with the word, I, I felt myself mm. fall through a wormhole and back into my body. <laughs> ah. So it was like, okay. Uh, so there's like, you could be part of the all or you could be the individual, but you know, and but you can't be both. Yeah. It's hard to be both at the same time. Right. I mean, yeah. and, and technically you are both at the same time, but I know the piece of you that it want that experiences the individual has the to ego. experience the separation because that's the, the, that's the whole point of it. Um, so yeah. What are the, what advice, let's say, let's break it down to three to five points of advice that you, sure. and then I'll give you, I'll give mine that you would advise people to safely yet um, as fast as possible at the same time, move into a, a 5D consciousness. Well, one thing we haven't really talked about is angels. And as you know, that is a huge part of my my personal spiritual practice and belief structure. And I don't believe that angels are connected to any one specific religion. I think they're they're uh you know they're they're non-denominational, so to speak. <laughs> like they have been around and have always been around and they'll help anybody and and almost every religion is connected to them in one way or another, and they don't always call them angels. But um we'll have to talk about that in a next one because you're yeah. very well versed around angels. But so if you're you, saying we could call upon a, an angel. They are there to help, they are there to assist, and they will help anybody at any time. But you the one rule about an angel is you have to ask. So they're not allowed to just intervene unless we're specifically and you have to be precise. Like I always say that with my clients, they'll be like, I just want to be happy. I go to that's not enough. Not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, being precise helps, but being too precise could be unhelpful. Exactly. Yeah. I want a million um, dollars. That's what the well, only thing that will make me happy. That's being a little too precise. Well, you know what? But even if you break that down and you say, okay, well, maybe it be, having a million dollars is okay, but don't, but don't say I only want a million dollars if I win it in the scratch off ticket. Like 
you know, yeah. don't close all the doors. Just say, yeah. I just want to be rich and I don't care how it happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like just help me be wealthy. Help me be. Well, wait a and minute. No, a of... you don't want it to be because you've had an accident and lost. Well, angels would never do that. And you got paid off with a million dollars. That <laughs> is true. Okay. So in, in most of the practices that I have been in, when you're asking for something, you usually end it with, uh, with harm to none. You know, like yep, without with harm, harming myself or my loved ones. Yeah, or like, for the good of all. Right. Um, right. But to be honest with you, I don't think angels are going to do that. Um, you no, know, no, I'm not saying that they're hard spirits. Well, I'm, no, I mean, I don't think they're going to harm somebody to make you rich. So. Oh, I see. Yeah. 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 Okay. But, so angels, what else? So that's, you know, yeah, if you believe in them or you are comfortable working with them, I highly encourage you to look into them. There's tons of resources on the internet, you know, yeah. YouTube and whatever. Yeah. Um, I, the one thing that I will point you in the direction of is the 72 angels. Um, if you just look up 72 angels, you'll find a ton of resources, but that is the one breadcrumb I'll leave for you. Um, the other thing would be try to, especially for those of us, if you're highly sensitive, you're most likely an empathic person and you're going to yeah. be feeling a lot of things that are not your emotions. And so it's hard for us to decipher. Like you were saying before, if you, if you instantly start feeling something and you don't know where it's coming from because you haven't been thinking about anything negative, but all of a sudden you just feel anxious and overwhelmed, that's probably not coming from you. So you've got to learn to be aware of that and, and let it go. Just let it flow through you. Don't hang on to it. Like you said, don't say, Oh, this is because of my whatever, or this is because of that. Let it flow. Let it go that's that's kind of my motto um and i've tried to do that more and more over the last two years um and the third thing is don't focus on like yes there's negative and positive absolutely but i stay more positive and i fully believe that we are very powerful beings but we just need to believe it and allow ourselves to be powerful beings and that is the trick is to stay out of the fear while allowing what you want to take hold but that's where working with angels comes in because they're kind of like the rungs on the ladder you may be doing pretty good, but ever so often you need a little extra help. So yeah. they, they could be that little hand that comes down that helps pull you up one more rung. And then you can climb a little bit more on your own, you know. Okay. I like it. So they can definitely help us in integrating our shadow selves because I think that's a huge issue right now is that we're all trying to run away from our shadow selves. We're, and you can't do that. It's like we said, there has to be positive. There has to be negative. Integration is the key to that. Now, that doesn't mean you can just say, oh, well, I'm integrating my shadow self. So it's OK if I'm a total asshole today. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not saying it excuses bad behavior, but you have to be able to kind of like you would a three year old. If a three year old hits his sister in the head because she took his candy bar, you don't hate the three year old forever. 
you offer the three-year-old compassion and love and understanding and, and see where it's coming from and let it understand that you still love it. You know, like that's the way you have to treat your shadow side and, and integrate it. Um, you know, I, I don't like giving specific instructions on that because everybody's consciousness is totally different and you have to know what works best for you. But I can tell you this, trying to stay in love and light all the freaking time is not going to work for anybody. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like trying to just right. totally ignore. So, yeah. So know. this is interesting because uh, in my book, 101 Answers from the Universe, you can get on Amazon on page 95, question 80, does everyone have an angel or a guide? And the answer from source was, everything and everyone does. However, not every angel guide or spirit has a person to report to or support. Everyone has access to many of them. There are one to five that will report to you exclusively. Often these spirit guides and or angels will be with you momentarily. New ones will come in and take their place. Much of this has to do with your personal evolution. When you are going through a challenging evolutionary process, when you are graduating from one dimension to another, at times this can be painful and difficult and they are with you. Yep. I would agree with that. Does that resonate with you? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and those are just the ones that are naturally connected to you. Yeah. If you want to go down the path of more ceremonial magic practices with angels, mm -hmm. there are definitely ways to work with an unlimited number of them for specific purposes. You know, um, and I, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. So I want, like, I want to wrap this up. I think that if you're willing to come on again, Jay, we can talk about angels and how we can work with angels. I have to admit that I was never like big on that for a while, but I'm very experimental. So I'm right. like, Hey, I'm just going to experiment with it for fun. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So like lately I've been experimenting with the, with um, multiple dimensions or um, parallel, parallel lives. So if I don't like a specific something that's happening in my life right now, I just imagine like daydream when I'm going to sleep the way that I would want it to, you know, Holly in a parallel life doing, having a different experience. And I'm telling you like the next day, nothing huge, but something small will happen that actually says, wow. And I've done it more than once to make sure it wasn't a coincidence. For sure. So for instance, I've got somebody in my life who's becoming distant and I imagine that, you know, we're close again and we're having this connection again and we're laughing. And the next day they'll text me and say, oh, I miss you so much. I haven't talked to you in so long. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, or, and then I'll try it and it'll happen again. And it happens That's again and it happens again. Yeah, it works. And it's just for fun, right? So if you want to experiment with angels and just, just imagine, talk to an angel and just say, or prayer, you know, everybody's different meditation so the, the way i like to work with angels is like what you're talking about is absolutely true and that is the key whether you're praying or you're asking or you're just trying to create stuff on your own believing it as if it's already happened imagining it as if it's already happened speaking it out loud as if it's already happened that is the key to changing your reality um is, is resonating at the level of it has already occurred um the, what I like to do with angels, though, is that we can't 
our our lives are not engineered to where we can just consciously be on and consciously creating all day every day because most of us have to work we have responsibilities we have things that are going on that's going to take our attention away from that so where angels come in is you can kind of have them be your automatic creators like you say all right i am putting you in charge of this specific thing in my life and no matter what happens you're generating the energy and the intent for this to occur and mm -hmm. so you kind of give each one of them a different charge so that you don't have to consciously be trying to do all of it yourself yeah and i think too like some people will say to me how come a law of attraction doesn't work? I've tried, I've been thinking about this forever and it's not happening. And um, I think it's because your consciousness has to shift. Yeah. Uh, in order for that, for that to come into your life, you're not aligned with it consciously. So, and there's steps to take. You can't just start at the bottom of the step and jump to the top. No. Of the step. You can't skip steps. But, no. <laughs> ten, ten, 10 years ago, like I said, I was unemployed and nearly homeless and on food stamps. And I have worked over the last 10 years to now I'm making a decent living. I have a decent career. I'm doing okay, mm -hmm. but yeah. it, it didn't come out of nowhere. And I'm not saying the angels did all of that. Obviously I put in a heck of a lot of hard work to get, where at. but yeah. they helped, they assisted and, and they were my backup it's, in times of crisis. You know? It takes a village. Right. So, yeah, I mean, obviously I've, I've wanted to be, you know, a millionaire my whole life, like all of us have, but I'm not there yet, but I'm definitely a lot closer than I was 10 years ago. So, you know, it's definitely well, a process. It is. You know what are you, well, we'll talk, we'll talk off sure. air. If you're interested in coming back and talking about angels, yep. that would be totally cool. I know you do angel readings or you do angel cards or something like that and it's really really cool maybe you could teach people how they could do it themselves um but i want to thank you because this information on solar flares actually i didn't know a lot of that that blew me away i'm gonna take a look closer at that and um and 5d you know you i think we pretty much had the same perspective around it but you had a lot of history knowledge that i don't have at all around that. So I found that really fascinating too. So I welcome everyone to share this with anybody that you know, because we want to spread positivity. We want to spread love. We want to take away fear, abolish fear <laughs> in our sure. reality. And um, thanks a lot, Jay. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye everyone. Namaste.